Welcome back to the Brady Farkas Show right here on WDEV, AM and FM, and WDEVradio.com. And I am so pumped for this next guest. Uh, I've had him on before, but it's been our first time here at this station with this show. 14-year NBA veteran. You can check him out now. He's host of the Believe in Charlotte Hornets podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. He played with the Hornets himself, Washington Bullets, not even the Wizards, the Washington Bullets. He also played with Golden State in Toronto. It's Muggsy Bogues. Muggsy, man, thanks for being with us, man. How are you? Oh, pretty good. Appreciate you guys having me. Well, I appreciate you being with us. And first things first, since you are a former Hornet and a Hornets podcaster now and Hornets expert, what's up with Gordon Hayward? You know, if we had gotten this Gordon Hayward here in Boston area, we never would have let him go to you guys. <laughs> well, Gordon is really feeling this good these days, I guess. Uh, you know, having a little knick-knack injuries, but for the most part, he's really just enjoying his teammates and enjoying the, uh, the atmosphere, uh, the culture that's being created now. Uh, with Mitch Kupchak at the hands of it. And uh, you got to just tip your head off to him because the leadership that he's displaying is really warranted and it fits perfect for the young guys and for their team. Um, a guy like him able to come in, create, hit his own shot, uh, being able to uh, facilitate as well, but most important, leading by example. And I think the young guys that they have on the team really need a guy that could come in and fit in with them as opposed to a veteran came coming in and kind of, you know, uh, stopping stopping the growth of the uh, the young guys such as P.J. Washington, Miles Bridges, Devontae Graham, and uh, and the new addition, the Mellow Ball. So it's been great seeing the, um, the Hornets kind of bring some excitement back to the city. You know, we as fans and media members like to think that everything for players is about championships. But for Hayward this offseason, it really was, I think, about finding a role on a team where he thought he could be the star and be the guy and be that leader you're talking about. You as a former player, how do you view a player who chooses maybe his own individual opportunity over the potential for a championship? Well, I mean, first and foremost, you know, it's still business. And I know that we understand that portion of it. And I think the Hornets was willing enough to offer him, you know, a max contract. Even though he had one year left on his contract with Boston, but he he just seeked and, and looked there for other opportunities, you know, with the stars and Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown and Kimber Walker in addition being there. Uh, who knows what, what went through his mind? And but having the opportunity to come to a city like Charlotte, you know, understanding that Hayward is a low key type of individual, um, and this is a city that you know fit that criteria. And the players that he's, you know, surrounded him with, I mean, that surrounded uh, on the team with him, it kind of fits him. You know, it really allows him to be, as you alluded to, that star. That, And I don't want to say the selfishness. It's just an opportunity for a guy to feel like he, he can uplift a, an organization, a franchise, to a level where they've never been. And, um, and at the same time, you know, the money don't hurt. When you get a max contract like he got. No, definitely definitely doesn't hurt there for sure. Hey, Muggsy, um, talk to me about another former Celtic. Talk to me about Terry Rogier, a guy who I liked in Boston, you know, a little bit young, had a bit of an attitude at the end on his way out. But overall I liked Rogier in Boston. What do you guys see from him in Charlotte? Um, T Rose been been nothing but awesome here in Charlotte. And I think it really uh, fits well knowing that him and Gordon Hayward play with one another in Boston. I think that chemistry shows it on the floor when they're out there together. And uh, T Rose really came in and, 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 and really put 
early on, uh, came out the gates putting the team on his back, you know, kind of the energy, the, the, the opportunity to put the ball in the basket uh, on a high clip, um, having a 40-point game and, and beating some quality teams early on. You know, that that was something, and not only that, but having some highlight dunks on ESPN. <laughs> You know, one dunking on Durant. Uh, so, you know, it's been a, it's been a, a, a blessing, a, a positive um, thing that's the Hornets been feeling good when the addition when they first signed T. Rozier. I know everybody was expecting him to be a Kemba Walker, but you know, he's his own uh, start, his own right, and he has up and you know, he has back the game in his own way. And everybody's been pretty pleased uh, since he's uh, since he's been here in Charlotte. 14-year NBA veteran Muggsy Bogues with us here on the Brady Farkas Show, WDEV, AM and FM, and WDEVradio.com. You can check out the Believe in Hornets podcast on the Believe Podcast Network as well. Talk to me about Kemba Walker, a guy who you guys saw in Charlotte for a number of years. He's been in Boston now. This is his second year. He's battled some injuries, but overall, he has been great. Um, I think he's been everything I expected him to be, but your experience with him in Charlotte, uh, just how special is Kemba? Uh, he, he just hit it on the nose. He's just that special. He's just a special kid, a special uh, on and off the floor. Uh, just sad that he had to go through some uh, little setbacks with his knee. Uh, but every time you see Kimball, Kimball going to give it his all. And um, I'm happy that he's that he's back. Um, he always, you know, have that pep in his step. He's such a dynamic player. Uh, when he's on the floor, he's a handful to deal with. And he elevates his teammates uh, just by being uh, on the floor, his presence alone. So uh, when he gets fully, fully back, we got that little herky-jerky and all that. <laughs> and, I mean, it's such a beautiful um, machinery to be watching uh, because Kendall can keep you on skate, and uh, he can bring a lot of excitement. But he's such a winner. That's what I truly love about him. He's such a winner, and he, he does everything, you know, accordingly in terms of what it is needed for him as for the team as opposed to the individual. And um, so I always kind of admire him for that and uh, the type of play he's at. One of the reasons I think Boston fans like Kemba so much is because in a lot of ways, for better or worse, he feels like the anti-Kyrie Irving in a lot of ways. As a guy who played in the league for as long as you did, um, how would you handle Kyrie if you were his teammate? Well, you know, it's a different time, and Kyrie is the only man. And you know, when you got a guy that is, is voiceful um, and, and very opinionated and uh, and not shy to, to share it, um, that's what you get. You know, the that he is on the floor, um, he's just a, a man that has other concerns off the floor. And I think folks and people don't have, and maybe the lack of communication. Um, kind of question some of his motives, but I mean, he does a lot of great things um, for me uh, from the outside of looking in. Um, I understand that you know, giving uh, three hundred thousand dollars to the you know to the food American, and being able to give partner with Nike to give seventeen pallets of food to the New Yorkers. I mean, buying George Floyd, you know, a home, his family. I mean, this is a lot of wonderful things for some, you know, probably people who didn't realize. But again, you know, as a teammate, it seemed like those guys were trying to figure it out because so much talent between him, James Harden, and and, and uh, Durant. And I think they will figure it out, but more so they're going to have to figure it out on the defensive side because uh, that's where the, 
the hiccups going to come because offensively they just go with the best of You know, there's so many – I could talk 90s basketball all day, and there's so many guys individually I want to ask you about, but what was it like just to play – in the mid '90s, and, and and be around, you know, and play against a young Kobe, a young Iverson, a peak Michael, um, you know, young Shaq. What was it like playing against those guys in the mid '90s? Well, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, the mid '90s, yeah. You, what you, you, you just tapped on. That was when Iverson and all those guys came in the '96. But you know, the '90s go, you know, it's back then to where the Kevin Johnsons and the Mark Price. Yeah. Are you dealing with those Tim Hardaways and the Gary Paytons and the Fat Lever, the Michael Adams, you know, the Baron Clemens? I mean, you keep going back to all those guys. And then you talk about, you know, players like, you know, and of course the Isaiah Thomas and you know, those guys back then, MJ. But you got guys, as you said, the Iversons and uh, the Grand Hills, they came in. And, you know, those guys, where it was such a the Jason Kidd, um, you know, players like that. I mean, those were high IQ guys came in at a young age. People, you know, was trying to question if they belong, and here it is. They Hall of Famers. You know, J. Kidd uh, was questioned about his, you know, everybody questioned about his shooting, and it is. He, he, he become one of the top three point shooters, percentage-wise, out there. And um, But he was able to manifest and have a Hall of Fame career. Uh, you gotta just keep on going with it, you know. You, uh, I mean, Chris Jackson, Mark Moore, you know. So, as you say, the nineties, man, you can keep talking about. And I'm just naming guards. I ain't even talking about the the big guys, the, the Sean Kemp's and the uh, LJ's and uh, all those guys. So, we can talk nineties basketball all day long. You're right. Oh, absolutely. I could, you know, I was a Sonics fan growing up. I could, you know, I want to know what the best thing Gary Payton ever said on the floor was to you. Oh, GP always said something. You never know what he said. I mean, <laughs> that's what, that's what elevating his game. You know, some guys just needed that. You know, they, they, they needed that type of, you know, street talk, that conversation to, to, to bring that excitement. Because, you know, sometimes in days, the long season, eight, two games would be a long season. And, you know, sometimes you know we know the business. Sometimes you need a little, a little job in the, in the gut to let you know that hey, I'm out here too. What you got? <laughs> and uh, and and GT was the best of doing it. Muggsy Bogues with us here on the Brady Farkas Show, WDEV, AM and FM, and WDEVradio.com. All right, Muggsy, I think the last time we spoke was about five years ago, and it took me about 60 seconds to get in a Space Jam question. I lasted 11 minutes this time. I'm sure you get asked about Space Jam in almost every interview you do. I'm just curious, how did the players get picked to be alongside Michael? Like, how did you guys get chosen? How did that come about? Well, I don't know how the casting really truly came about, but, you know, Michael, myself, uh, Patrick, and Sean Bradley, we all have the same agent within David Falk. Um, um, and I don't know how we all, you know, pretty much they did the casting, but as you look at it, and as the character was created, I think that it, it's a perfect, you know, casting in terms of the makeup of the movie. But the Sean Bradley band, as tall as he was, and, uh, you know, LJ and uh, Charles Van who they were at the time, you know, and, you know, me doing my time doing that and MJ. So it kind of, it, it, it made sense for me. Yeah. <laughs> and no. that's, that's how I felt like, uh, you know how they ever decide to 
the caster and who was the you know who was ahead of the casting. Yeah, they did a great job of uh, selecting the, the people to play the part. When you were when you get given that script, do you think this is going to be a home run that lives on twenty five years later, or are you thinking like I have no idea how this movie is going to be received? Oh, absolutely not, because I didn't think I was going to be able to do it for one, um, because I had just had surgery. You know, we just uh, finished the uh, playoff uh, series, and uh, right after that, I went on and had surgery on my knee. And I couldn't even walk. I was on crutches. And then when we got the call to say, and I let them know that, you know, I couldn't walk, they said, they were searching for us for other, uh, other talent. I think Tim Hardway came in and, and was one of, and did a reason for it. Uh, but they, you know, they told me, you know, well, we understand your situation. Just do the reading anyway. Uh, and we'll go from there. Um, I came out there. And, did the reading they created the uh opportunity in terms of one of the scenes where i couldn't walk uh and when we was all walking through the hospital they actually had me pulled on the dolly yes and uh and i was moving my shoulders <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, like i was walking with a big cat and them hit their head uh, <laughs> and so, so then you know it was creative and i think they liked what I, you know the reading and what i did and and then they went with me, uh, even when the part where I had to sit and try to walk to the middle and touch the ball to get our powers back. You know, and people don't realize, you know, I, I, I left over, I really kind of, but, you, you know, I had a little cool little walk to it. <laughs> well, one of, the, really one of the best lines of the movie is right at that end where you're talking about when Larry Johnson passes you the ball and he says, Muggs can handle that rock again. That was one of the best lines of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, whatever that fun down there. Muggsy Bogues, 14 year NBA veteran. You can check him out now in the media world with us, hanging out on the Believe Podcast Network, talking about the Charlotte Hornets. And man, the Hornets uh, with a buzzer beater from Gordon Hayward this past Sunday. And Hayward continues to play really, really well. Enjoy him down there, Muggsy. We look forward to talking to you again sometime soon. Appreciate it, buddy, man. Have a good one. Stay safe. <laughs>